this week on Bonus Barrel. I'm going to complain about Zelda Breath of the Wild. Horizon. Uh, it's one of the best open world games I've ever played. Thomas Was Alone was the game that we chose. I chose. Shelby. Shelby. Don't fucking take credit for this. Hey, hey. Welcome to Bonus Barrel. Left has left us hanging because he's not here. Um, not the show or life. He's still alive. He's just not here right now. Uh, so it's just us. Doesn't matter though. He didn't play the game this week. He just, he's like, it's like fuck. Shelby's picking the game. I'm not playing that shit. <laughs> and then he didn't play it. Aww. All right, guys. I want to I want to start the show off with a new segment. Rob complains about games that everyone else agrees is near perfection, but he disagrees, but he disagrees anyway. All right. I'm going to complain about Zelda Breath of the Wild. Now, disclaimer, I love the game. However, I hate the weapon system. I hate it so much, and I also hate the lack of an overworld theme. I think I had other complaints too, but I've softened on them since. But that weapon system is the worst. It's 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 garbage. I get attached to weapon. Oh, oh broke. Uh, or no, even worse than that is that I constantly enemies are dropping weapons and I can't pick them up because my inventory is always full. Because I have so many weapons, then I have to toss one. And then same with bows and shields. It's annoying. I hate it. Oh my god. The rest of the game is great though. Great. So yeah, that's how I feel. Uh, Shelby's not played it. No opinion yeah. from you, obviously. Seiji, I, I, I know you. I love the system. It's so different and unique. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're always polar opposites. So please, what do you think of... Like, tell me what you think of the weapons uh, system in Zelda. Breath of the Wild. Uh, there are pros and cons. I, I think it's worth it. I think that what you said really is that it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah, it's annoying. It's really what it comes down to. It's yeah. just you know, it's cumbersome. I have to I have to constantly. I don't mind managing stuff, but that's just another level of micromanaging that I have to deal with that I just don't think is necessary. I love getting new weapons and stuff, but then, like you get one of the guardian swords. It's 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 done. You get it really early. You get them a lot, of course, and it looks so cool. I'm like fuck. I want to keep using this. And then after like one battle, it's broken. I'm like, well, all right. I guess I'm using a fucking wooden stick for a while. It's not, I mean, you get you get enough weapons, honestly, that it's not too bad. Although it is possible your weapons can break during a boss fight and then you are fucked. You have no other weapons. I, I don't know, man. It's just, really, I don't even have a problem with the weapons breaking. I just wish I didn't have to have an inventory that gets full and I have to drop shit. That's what bothers me. It stops the flow. I'm playing, I'm running around collecting all the shit from a cool fight at his head. Oh, you can't pick this up. Well, is it better than my current weapon? Yeah, it's a bit better. All right, well, now which one do I have to get rid of? If you just collected weapons and kept them, or they broke and you could just repair them later, I would be okay with that. I still wouldn't like it, but it's still better than, than just... I don't, I don't want to drop shit. It's annoying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It is uncomfortable, especially in the beginning when you have just stuff that breaks very quickly. But I, I see this system more holistically. Like, all the stuff in the world that you can collect, it sort of uses the same system, right? So you're always collecting new stuff. So I think that is good. I like the variety of weapons. I like that you can drop weapons. I, I like that you can just, like, throw them away and then pick them up again. And I agree that it's a little bit uncomfortable. 
a little bit inconvenient sometimes but again because of how the game plays because of how how large it is the exploration aspects you always have to keep in mind if you have enough food if you have enough yeah. weapons if you have enough of this if you're using the right weapons in the with the right enemies uh it, it's funny i don't like crafting in games very much but you have to make food in this game or you're fucked there's like and this is worth saying let's and now we're gonna move on to the broader topic of let's talking about our initial impressions of the game but uh man this game is is not easy i i die quite a bit just from like one swing of an enemy taking off almost four hearts and you and it doesn't it, it, you don't get hearts nearly as fast as you do in other zelda games and so, and you have to you have to choose between hearts and stamina, and they're both important. So even when you could get a heart, you might get stamina instead. And I just have enemies, man. If I get hit by one wrong swing, I'm almost dead. And I, I kind of like it, but it's it can be very difficult sometimes. Yeah. Now, if you see what the system is giving you as a whole, I think it's pretty fun. Even is dying fun. is fun. Like, yeah, it's it even might be... dying is fun. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I'll explain why. But basically. You're in this world, right? And then compared to other Zeldas or, or even to other games, like if you die, you sort of like just respawn almost automatically. And because yeah, it's, it's not always, too bad. It's always uh, auto-saving for you. Like you get this sense of, I'm going to try this this really hard jump, see if it works. You know what I mean? So yeah, you sort of die, but it's not a really hard death. No, uh, it's true. It's basically reloads. And I think the saves in like five minute intervals. So it's really, actually, I don't mind that. That's why dying is not the end of the world. Uh, it's just, it, I, I like I said, I like that it's hard. Um, I like that enemies can kill you uh, fairly easily if you're not careful. I think it makes the battles a little more exciting. Um, so uh, that's a pro. Honestly, yeah. like to be completely honest with you, the more the longer I've been playing it, the more I've started to like it more and more. And it and even I think I maybe have played like 15 hours. I'm I'm guessing, and I'm still finding new stuff, new elements. Weapon system aside, a couple things that I don't like and I wish could be fixed. And it's the lack of an overworld theme. They have themes, music in all the towns and dungeons and stuff, but they don't have one for the overworld. I want that classic Zelda theme or, or a mix of it or, or even a unique one. So it gets kind of um, silent when you're out playing. Now, I had some friends saying that at work we were talking about it and they were like, well, you spend a lot of time in overworld, so it might get repetitive. So, I mean, it's not hard to come up with solutions. Either have it so it fades in and out, perhaps, but depending on what you're doing, maybe as you climb higher, the music starts to, to grow or you could have it so you can turn it off. And uh, I think that's a missed opportunity. I, I don't like that sometimes. It feels a little quiet too quiet i think and that's a negative for me and the other thing is from what i can tell you don't get your like i don't know if you get new tools later on like you have your your um runes and from what i can tell you don't seem to get any new ones you don't get them from shrines like you did the first one so i, I don't know i i will i get a hook shot because things like the boomerang and bow and shit are just weapons you find like any other weapon so there's no specialness to them but I don't know about any of the other classic Zelda stuff. I mean, you have your four runes. You have your stasis, your uh, cryo, cryo, cryogenics or whatever. You free, you free ice blocks, and you have um, you have your bombs, which is kind of was a neat way of doing it. And then you have uh, whatever the other one is, magnet, magnet, magnetism. They're all really cool, but I'm worried. I'm concerned that that's all there is. Like, am I gonna get any other ones? And, and if I don't, I mean, that's kind of a, a disappointment. So I'm worried. I'm a little worried about that.
what was the first thing you said? The... Uh, music. Overworld theme. Uh, I oh, don't okay. like the lack. I don't like a lack of any overworld theme, let alone the classic one. It's it's too quiet, too silent. Mm -hmm. I haven't felt the need for music. I mean, it makes the world more alive. I don't. Me. For me, it's the opposite. Uh, but it, it is that is the standard. I think in the genre. Like I, I was playing Horizon, which I want to talk about in a little bit. It doesn't have an overworld theme either. So I mean, but Zelda just. I feel like it's a part of the Zelda formula that I don't like when it's not there. I hated it when it wasn't in Ocarina of Time. And I didn't like it when it was in Breath of the wasn't in uh, Twilight Princess. Although they had their own theme, so and I liked that theme, so it was okay, I guess. But I don't know. It's a it's a part of the Zelda formula that I I miss when it's not there. And every once in a while, they don't have it there. Yeah, and the other thing has to do with the type of progression that this uh, game is proposing to you, the player. It's full of surprises. Uh, it is not your typical Zelda in that sense. I think they grab some elements from A Link Between Worlds, and I like that. I really want to see where, uh, what direction they take with the next Zelda, because wh where do you go from this, right? It's, I don't know. It's a tough call. Maybe side scroll or uh, shoot 'em up. I, I have an idea. I, I think they're they're going to explore more uh, more advanced kind of civilization, because if you really think about it, the game population is pretty sparse in the game. This is strange because you've played the game probably less than me, maybe less hours. I've been playing it for longer, but you, you're in the progression. You're you're far, far ahead from me. It's kind of funny you say that though. I've only filled out like I've only got the towers for three areas. The map, the map is. I just take my time in each area. The place is huge. The game, the game. I think might be bigger than Horizon, and that game was already massive. This game is so big, and I like that. But I, I think I'm gonna be playing this one for a while right up to when persona 5 comes out probably and i don't know how i feel about that i usually don't play games that long but this this so far it still feels fresh wherever i'm going so that's nice oh yeah definitely i'm gonna be playing this game for the rest of the year <laughs> probably because i have no urge and i have no rush to finish it even to progress like i know there's certain stuff i have to do but i keep getting distracted and i'm doing the quotation thing with with my fingers because I'm just enjoying it. You know, I'm just enjoying it. Uh, this is a game that I'm going to be playing along other games that I'm going to be trying to actually complete. This is just a game that I, I grab for up for an hour or two a day. I, I know that I've been getting a lot from the game, but you already got to to an actual uh, dungeon and I and I haven't because you, you have the choice to do it. Actually, you can go straight to the to the final boss in this game. I mean, if, if you so want to. People are doing speedruns of the game. You know that? They have it down to an hour now. I, I was afraid that there was no dungeons in this game. I was actually kind of getting nervous it was just shrines. And I was very happy to find that it's not the case. But loving the shrine system, you know? I like them, but if it was just the shrines and no traditional dungeons, I would have been angry, I think. Because they're pretty easy. They're fun, but they're easy. There's so much stuff in this game world. And I, I'm just so entertained because... In previous Zelda, it will feel very different when you go to an actual dungeon, like to the problem-solving part, and when you're playing like the the overworld part. But in this game, everything just feels like it's a like a huge like puzzle. I don't know if you encountered, but Shelby, I'm sorry for talking about this no, it's game okay. so much. Um, it's okay. But you know the Twin Peaks. There, it's like a mountain with a big old in the middle, crevice, right? big yeah, old yeah. gap, and there are two shrines on top of it. Well, oh, I haven't, I haven't one, gone up one there. Shrine, one shrine is at the very, very top of it, and then the other is like quite in the middle. It's hard to get there because you have to like walk around the mountains, and then you have to make some some kind of like tricky jumps. And all of that time, you're thinking, "How am I gonna get there?" Right? So you yeah, you start like thinking about those kinds of things. So there are spatial problems, there are puzzles in the overworld, how to get to certain places. 
if you have enough food, if you have the, the right gear. Enough stamina. How how are, yes, how are you going to overcome all those things? So earlier when I was talking about that resource management part that if you just look at it, it's inconvenient. Sure, it is. By itself, it is. But if you look holistically about all the stuff that you do in the world and how you solve things and what are you constantly thinking when you're playing this game, I think it works. So yeah, it is It is not your typical Zelda. It is. You're not going to like this Zelda for the same reasons you liked Ocarina or you like A Link to the Past, definitely, but I love that it's that is its own thing, that it's trying new things, it's proposing like a new sort of game aesthetic to you. I don't know, It's I think it's a brilliant game. I, I like it uh, and everything, I agree with everything except for the weapon system. I just don't like that. But uh, one, one thing, I, I, I got a couple of notes I was writing down as, I was, as we were talking. This game reminds me a lot of Majora's Mask in that it only has four major dungeons. It feels very different from the rest of the series has a lot of different gameplay mechanics that stand out. And I just kind of think it it's it has that feeling to me. It's not as weird of course as Majora's Mask, but but I don't know. It has it has a I don't it just feels like it's gone off in its own path, much like Majora's Mask did. And I I think that's cool. <laughs> on on a final note, so far, and, and again, I I don't know how many hours I've played, but but I, I'm not really far in, in the game. But what I can say is that this game is is grabbing a lot of elements from from different Zelda games, and they they've taken whatever works in general for for this new way of playing. But it reminds me most, I think, of Wind Waker because I love Wind Waker and I love some of the aspects of of getting to places. Of course, in Wind Waker, is really really flat. Yeah, it's just sailing. And here, and here, yeah, but you still have sometimes that those. Uh, those kind of same same ideas where you have to like navigate to some part and, or you have to like uh, sail around certain things to not to not pass through certain areas and you are uncovering the map very much like in Wind Waker so that part I like the art style is I think it's a combination of my two most favorite Zelda art styles at least for for 3D which is uh, Wind Waker and Skyward Sword mm-hmm. uh, yeah but it's a good weather, combo of those two. But the Wind Waker was maybe like too cartoony, and Skyward Sword the the, the color scheme was maybe too neon. Um, this one has like the, the right combination of both, so that is really really good. And you know, uh, this this is something that might be sort of trivial, but something that I I'm loving about this game is how when you go to like let's say a house, you open the door and there's no loading between the yeah. the outside and the inside that is brilliant <laughs> man I, I don't know when i opened my first like uh house i was like wow there's no loading you see inside of it and then you just like walk into it like that's was, that's so commonplace for games but not for the zelda series like most games don't have you loading the walk-in doors but but with zelda in the past it was always a thing it always took a few extra seconds just to get inside so, yeah so it's funny i i stole a boat last night in zelda <laughs> I wanted to tell a small story. I was in some sort of riverside stable and they had like a raft tied up. So I cut it and then I chopped the tree down for a leaf and then I started, I stole it and sailed down river and I sailed really far and uh, it was a big adventure. I got some chests in the way. I stopped by and stole some more stuff from some bad guys. And then, and then I came to this, this huge lake and this fucking monster came out of the water and it must have been like 400 feet long and flying. It was insane. Don't know what it was. Oh, I've, I've seen that before. Yeah, it's cool. I wanted I wanted to get close to it, but it f- it flew into the sky and then disappeared into like a portal or something. It was really weird. But uh, I w- I hope to someday kill it, uh, take its majesty. The funniest thing, the funniest thing I've seen in Zelda so far is that you know how in early Zeldas or previous Zeldas, um, if you hit a cuckoo, 
Other yeah. places will you, you you'll get like swarm, but yeah, yeah, that's like, why I won't hit one. Scary. Yeah. yeah. So apparently, in this game, you can take a cuckoo and then encounter an enemy and let him let him hit you, and because he's gonna hit the cuckoo, the the other cuckoos <laughs> are, are gonna swarm the enemy. It's hilarious. That's fucking, that's funny. <laughs> I saw gifts. I've seen lots and lots of gifts of that happening. Just like these giant monsters getting taken down by a swarm of fucking. <laughs> oh, sure, it's great. Sure, bring it against Ganon. Just bring a couple cuckoos with you and <laughs> yeah. you can beat him that way. Yeah. And I and I know I already said final note, but final note too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the thing I, lo- I I love the most about this game is that it's very uh, gameplay focused. So from the beginning, it just lets you be right and and doesn't do any hand holding. But you have like the right elements, and the interface is so I don't know it it's so conducive to experimenting with whole mechanic yeah, to figure out stuff. I couldn't I figure out how to cook. It was annoying. Uh, that part, that was the only time I was annoyed. I could not figure out how to cook. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, I eventually but, did, but... I, I don't know. That, that part about being annoyed a little bit, I, I, I felt it, but it just makes the, the figuring out so much more rewarding, you know? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. There's something that I've been feeling out with this game. It's just that I know I'm on my own. So I mostly I agree. Figure I, stuff yeah. out. I'm, I, I don't disagree a lot, and... I definitely want to make a comparison to Unison Horizon because my experience is a bit different. But but before that, Shelby, I was just wondering, you think you might ever try playing a Zelda game? I think I think you might like them. Hey Rob. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> so you won't play one. <laughs> That's too bad you're uh, missing out. No, I was I wanted to get a Switch and I told myself because I got my taxes done the other yeah, day. Yeah, do it. I said if I make past a certain amount yeah. where I'll have enough like an actual good chunk of money to also put away to my savings and then also buy a switch then i'll do that but i didn't make no my goal Aww. so i didn't so i just Aww. put all my money into my savings lane that's too responsible you gotta get us you gotta get a <laughs> switch speaking of switch yeah. uh i love it i love the fucking it's so much fun i i've grown more fond of it i got a, i got another game and uh, i love putting in the tv for some reason it turns my tv on and switches it to the right channel and nothing else i have does that so it's super convenient and i like that and uh, i'm really excited for more games and I love how fast and responsive it is. I'm very pro Switch. Definitely some room for improvement. I want a virtual console. I want a proper friend system and all that crap. But yeah, it's a it's a good console. I see the potential. Great handheld, especially now that there's no other handheld options. I think the Switch is like a good handheld. Like a hand, it, like it's like the in between a handheld and and a uh, console. Like a perfect in between. Not like the Vita, which was good, but I wouldn't call it a perfect in between. It was very cumbersome to play remotely or to your tv and stuff so anyways that's that's like a, a feeling that i have it's my opinion man but uh and, <laughs> and shelby should get a switch I'll buy for it. it yeah i'll buy it for you i'll buy you okay. I'll, I'll buy save your ps4 uh for my birthday and i'll buy shelby, <laughs> shelby one <laughs> shelby, a switch and then, and then i'll be happy horizon i beat it last week before i started zelda uh i love the game in my mind i would give it a 9.5 uh it's one of the best open world games i've ever played the story is incredible the character is great um, gameplay is really good. It, I think it has a lot of innovations in the whole open world industry. 100% love it. Would recommend to everyone. Uh, it's so good. I can't even get over it. And, and the story is solid. And and yeah, if you're looking for a game with a strong female lead, Aloy is pretty pretty badass despite having kind of a dumb name. Um, so when I went into Zelda, I was really, really worried that I was going to be constantly comparing them and, and it was not going to hold up. And that was true for the first couple hours of the game uh when i was first playing i just finished horizon I, I came off that high and there was definitely a lot of things in zelda that it, that that horizon did better or or did differently and but it wasn't an, I, but i realized it today as or even maybe yesterday as, as i was playing zelda it got to a certain point where like okay these two games feel very different 
And I stopped making that mental comparison. And despite them being loosely in the same genre as open world, I kind of see them as their own thing better now, which is which was great because I, I love the Zelda game. It just took me a little bit longer to warm up to it, I think, uh, than it did for Horizon. And to be fair with Horizon, it took me a little bit while, a little bit a little while to warm up to that to the point where I got invested. So I guess both those games had a slow ramp up. And to me, they just both spread in different directions. And uh, I love them both. And they're both great games. Let's do a little experiment. Yeah, okay. So, Rob. Yes. Describe Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda Breath of the Wild in three words. Uh, okay, <laughs> I got to think about this. This is tough. First first words that come to mind, man. Zelda, Zelda you go anywhere. Horizon, <laughs> follow the story. I don't know. Because to me, to me, the story was one of the best parts about Horizon. And although you can go anywhere... Uh, Zelda is a little. Uh, Zelda is more open, I think, than even Horizon is. Horizon is more structured, more cinematic. Yeah, that's how I. I, I, that's how I, I was thinking of three ob- objectives, but I guess. Oh, I guess oh sorry. You, you were really. I did three word really really reviews. <laughs> three word reviews. I stole from. Uh, I did what Cartridge Clubs does to us. I stole from them. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's really witty, man. Yeah, they're both. They're both really great games, and they do different things, and I love them both. And and there, but there are people arguing about which one is better. And I was I was almost down that trap, but honestly, I think the people arguing are the two people who didn't play both. They only could play one, so they have to hate the other one. And that's like I think that's just a general uh, mentality for people who play games or people who like stuff. If it's like people with PS4 and Xboxes, you know, like I hate the Xbox. I mean, I don't like the Xbox, but I, I hate the Xbox. I don't have one, uh, but I have PS4. PS4 is better. Uh, something like that, or or, or all those things. You know, Call of Duty and, and Battlefield and all that shit. I just I don't know. I, I just think that Horizon is its own thing and Zelda is its own thing. They're similar. They came out at different times, but they're both amazing games. And I, I guess I don't know which one I like more. I want to play Zelda longer before I can say. But obviously, I'm going to say I like the story in Horizon more just because. But it, it appeals to me. Like, I like that setting a lot. But but it's actually kind of funny because Zelda has that feeling, too. Zelda has a little bit of that post-apocalyptic feel going on. But just it just doesn't take place in the real world. and doesn't have, like, high sci-fi concepts. More like fantasy sci-fi concepts anyways they're both great games you should, everybody should play both of them and yeah it's my dream love them i have news oh sweet shally bring <laughs> us the news uh it's the 30th anniversary of the final fantasy uh the final fantasy series the final fantasy this year because it's 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 it? 1987 was when the first game came out awesome. and it's 2017 happy birthday uh, what, what also, month did it come out i'm not sure oh shelby what the fuck hey shut up Shut your fucking face! <laughs> what? The first Final Fantasy came out on uh, on the seventeenth of December, nineteen eighty-seven. Little late, Shelby. Little late. Sorry, you're a little early. I mean, so you're gonna have to okay, wait. Well, then well I, we're, not, we're not we're not talking about it anymore. It's but that's still good. the year, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's still the year, <laughs> and and it's sort of an announcement of things to come. Maybe. Yeah. 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 And in in that same vein, uh, Gladiolus is getting his episode soon for Final Fantasy Fifteen. Oh, that's awesome. I wonder if I'll play it. Yeah. Like, DLC. eventually I will, but I wonder if I'll rush to it because I have so many other games to play. I've been wanting to go back to play more of, like, the side quest stuff in Final Fantasy Fifteen, but we have so many freaking games to I play. I know. That's another thing, by the way. Uh, so, FF15 was kind of an open world game. What it did badly that Horizon did well is their side quests. Side quests in Final Fantasy Fifteen are all basically the same once you get the same... They're, like different sets of the same type of thing you're always doing the same thing over and over again but in horizon even the same quests that are like identical in terms of what you're supposed to do mix it up with the environment or the things surrounding it or what you have to do to actually achieve it that was another positive 
thing. There you go. Should we go to the topic now? Guess so. Up next, Thomas was alone. back take it away shelby oh well don't just dump it on me like that <laughs> god was he, well, he was like, <laughs> now shelby is alone no not alone you guys are here thomas was alone was the game that we chose i chose the shelby chose shelby shelby don't fucking take credit for this shelby chose the game so you know <laughs> it's gonna be great <laughs> except it was really awesome um spoiler alert so well anyway thomas is alone is a 2d indie platformer made by one dude like developed and published by one guy and i mean obviously there's other things like somebody had to do the music for it developed and published by a dude named mike biffle i think that's how you say his last name but i'm not sure i thought initially that i had bought it for myself when it was on sale but it was my friend who had got it in like one of those big steam sales where you get like a bajillion games um but he actually already had it so he gave his code to me and at first like i didn't think i was i was gonna like it at all how many freaking systems did it came up for a ton of systems? Which is another thing which is kind of cool because we all played it on different systems. I played yeah. mine, well, I started mine on my laptop and I was going to try and beat it again, but my save data got corrupted when I went and looked for it, so Ooh. I didn't get a chance to beat it. But I did get pretty far. And then I think you played it on Vita and mm -hmm. you played it on mobile? Yes. So yeah, uh, I think the, the idea for it, the creator, uh, he had made kind of like a similar game for a game jam. He, he didn't really go into it with like a with a lot of planning. He just said he wanted to have the themes uh, friendship and unity, and he wanted to do that with using like a the, a, min a minimalistic style. So that obviously was to just make shape and just call them characters. But yeah, so he made it all like in his free time, which is also super awesome. I was reading like about the costs and stuff that it would take to make the game, and he said excluding his own wages, it cost about seven thousand pounds to make. Wow. Yeah. For so, what? Uh, well, two thousand was for the voice actor. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, Dan Danny Wallace. Who, like, he's a, a British comedian, but like people here, anyway, will know him as the guy who did the voice for Sean Hastings in Assassin's Creed. And also the script, because I guess the creator kind of wrote the script with Danny Wallace's like kind of style of humor in mind. So it was actually like super awesome and, and a huge win for him to actually get him to narrate it. Chris wondered if Thomas was still alive somewhere. He wasn't going to go looking for him, but he did wonder, and, and that, that showed character. Probably. So what made you recommend this game to us? Um, I guess, uh, I, like, it was a, a shorter game, and I just kind of wanted to see, because, you know, all these, like, super awesome games are coming out, like Zelda and, like, uh, Horizon and stuff, so I guess this kind of stood up to, like, those games, not in, in that they're as big or whatever, but just that... Like, can you get those same feelings from this game that you can get from those games kind of thing? But at the same time, this game is, is really simple. So I just, I just wanted to see if we could do that. I don't want to spoil too much of the story, but I guess, and I might get some of this wrong too, because some of the stuff I didn't understand fairly well at the beginning. The gist that I got from it, because uh, I didn't actually beat the game, but I got fairly far and I was going to watch a Let's Play and I started watching it and it was too good that I didn't want to spoil it for myself. Well, what happens first is you start out Thomas, who's a little AI dude, 
There's a red rectangle. And he's just kind of like making his way through these levels. And he's not entirely understanding what's going on because he was just kind of like randomly generated. And then you find out later that thousands of AIs were like made at an AI lab, but that was not supposed to happen. It was like some kind of weird like mass like generation event, I guess. Anyway, so you follow Thomas and like later on you'll get more characters and they like go through these levels trying to figure out why they exist, why they were made. And then eventually you find out that these lab, like they weren't supposed to be made and that these lab people sent out the, I think they're called splitters, the pixel cloud things. Anyway, those are kind of like a contingency, like in the event that this did happen where they would kind of like find the, uh, find the AIs and like trap them and like quarantine them. Almost like they were a virus, I guess. Anyway, um, so it just kind of, it kind of follows that. I don't, I think if I go like any further, like it'll like spoil like a super awesome part of the anyway you find out eventually because thomas and his friends get eaten uh you find out that they can't escape from this part but they can help all the other ais escape so that's what they're trying to do it's yeah it's a surprisingly deep story yeah a little depressing in some areas but uh i mm-hmm. think overall optimistic i think it's meant to yeah. be and all the characters are shapes and they don't talk you'll have you have the narrator that kind of explains like their feelings and like what they're saying the story was really good and very interesting i got lost a few times and i, I regret a submarine which helped i also played it in like weird weird pieces i didn't play it like mm-hmm. all in one go or and sometimes i was a little distracted while playing it so i missed a couple things but the the narrating is very charming and the characters are mm-hmm. are they're definitely you, they have more depth in them than you would expect based them with being just just squares or, or different shapes mm-hmm. and i think the narrator brings a lot of life into an otherwise uh, lifeless looking screen when you showed me and you mentioned this game and i saw those screenshots i was like oh i'm gonna fucking this is gonna be a boring annoying little <laughs> stupid game uh mm-hmm. which i was presently presently surprised but i will talk more the about music's that later. awesome too. it is very good yes david david houston that is by him so you know uh <laughs> look him up if you like the music I didn't think I'd like it, um, but I wound up enjoying moving the character around. I also like this not to get too far into gameplay, but the uh, the length of the levels is the perfect length if you're looking to play a short game, because you can bang through like ten epi- ten levels in like I don't know twenty thirty minutes, feel like you've made significant progress, and then stop and then play again later. And uh, I really really like that. Uh, and it's not a long game either, which is a, a pro in my column at least. Well, this was. An outstanding week for gaming for me. I am so happy. Yay. Yes, uh, Rob uh, put it really nicely. Uh, you can play this game for 30 minutes and just have a really nice experience. You can play through, depending on the difficulty, you can play through you know, 5, 10 levels. Uh, I played this during my uh, lunch breaks at work. And so I probably beat it in five hours or so. Uh, regardless of that, it's just the general pace of the game, the the learning curve is perfect, the, the types of mechanics. I got really involved with it, like personally, on a personal level. I thought it was completely brilliant. Not to spoil my... <laughs> well, I, I so, sort of, yes. So, yeah, I'm going to spoil my, my, my last judgment of the game but basically this is the one of the best games i've ever played I'll, I'll, I'll explain why as we go but uh i'm gonna say something 
that you guys probably not gonna like and most people out there are not gonna share my opinion but you know i have a specific taste in games i see games in a in a way that i don't i don't know if it's unique or not but i that i that i feel really strongly about and remember brothers and what I, what i was saying about brothers about you know how how the story and the characters and the mechanics all went together and they were just you know synergizing and they 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 explore narrative in the through mechanics and all that. Well, this game, Thomas was alone. Is like brothers, but better. Oh, it's it's like <laughs> brothers, but instead of showing, they telling you because brothers showed you their relationship and their interaction. But this game just tells you because it's reading it to you. It's you're literally getting a story read to you. So it's kind of like a mirror image of of each other. Not counting the gameplay. Gameplay is definitely tighter in Thomas was alone. But I think the way the stories are presented is is completely the opposite. And if you're an artist, I guess that you have an approach to a lot of things through that artistic kind of lens, right? Yeah, it's true. You're, you're through, very right. Very human shapes, colors. I don't know. I don't know how you guys see the world. <laughs> I, it's funny because I feel the same way about you. I don't know how robots see the world, but I, I, I think I think we might have found it. I see the world like brothers and you see it like Thomas was alone. <laughs> so, Aww. no, it's not an insult. They're both great games. My background is programming and game design. So I come from a really mechanical approach to things. I see how things are constructed and how they feel rather than like how it looks. Like when I design a game, I have some visions of how the game will end up looking, but to mm -hmm. me it's not really important at that point. To me what is really important is is the internal uh, workings of a game, right? So I don't know if this happened to you guys as you went into the industry or as you started seeing how games are made, but to me, there's a definite before and after how I played games. So before I made games and knew how the games are made, I ex I remember experiencing games in a very different kind of way, like completely. But now that I'm who I am right now and as I grow also, like I'm growing older, I become more experienced at, at game making and all that kind of stuff. I approach games of how games are made, how they approach this, how it, how it was designed, how it was pitched to the people of the monies and things like that. And this game is it's, it's just so beautiful because I, I know that what, what this guy was trying to do is to express all those things that having like a proper art style with characters that look human and all those kinds of things, how to express all those things in a very clean way. You see, every rectangle, to me, the, the way it looks, the way it is designed to look, and the way you interact with that object tells you a lot of the personality much, much better than even Brothers do. Where Brothers falls short, and remember saying stuff like that, and there are missed opportunities in, the Brothers are, are sort of similar. They're a little bit different, in which like one of the Brothers is a little bit stronger. So in this game, every character is very, very distinct. And it goes along with the narration, what they do, their personal, you know, traumas and how they think and approach things and the interactions between these characters are expressed in a very mechanical way. You are going through the level and you have to like wait for the other ones. You have to like wait for the little guy, bring him and then combine, you know, all those things really mm -hmm. makes you think about why the characters are written the way they are written. And yes, that artistic vision is not overly ambitious but you see when things are super super simple like in this game you have to have 
a flawless execution because if you have little flaws in your your artistic vision is 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 really full is 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 very complete all those flaws they sort of get muddled into all the complexity that it has but when things are really really simple like this you, you have to get all the details right and and they got it to the shape the size the way they jump how it feels how much time mm -hmm. they spent in the air all those like double jumps and inverted gravity all those things have to be like <laughs> super 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 tight and and this guy did it it's amazing brothers i i don't see as one as two characters i, I just see as you you're basically controlling one character i think that that's why like compared to thomas alone where each character is completely distinct and like you said gameplay wise they're completely different i just kind of seen brothers as because they're not that different the two care to control but I kind of just seen it as one one character that you're playing in terms of control. Uh, that being aside, you, you mentioned how you see how you see games and and after being in the industry, how you start a game and stuff, and and your general perspective of, of how as as a designer programmer, kind of how you see things. And and I was just thinking from my own perspective as an artist, and, and Shelby may may differ. I mean, she's an animator, and uh, so that's still slightly different from what I do. But uh, for me, like if I'm going to start a game. The first things that come to my mind is what kind of uh, genre it would be, and then I, I think of the art style and the story or, or the setting. Even if I'm not going to do a a game that tells you a lot of story, I want the world to feel like it's full of story and 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 uh, full of life. And and so gameplay is just as important to me. Like I think in the end, gameplay a better good gameplay is more important than even how it looks. But I would start with, I would get the the art arts the art vision out of the way first and then i would tackle and then i would tackle how would i make the gameplay feel fun and innovative and i just thought it was interesting because that's because you think the opposite obviously or that the art i guess for you the art style doesn't even really matter um so i do think gameplay matters the most but i, I do i like i like worlds that are in depth and rich and full of visuals and and that are beautiful and i think that might just be, be my art brain uh preferring aesthetically pleasing and and deep environments and characters and stuff but uh i don't i don't agree, disagree with a lot of what you said i just think my perspective is a little different and that i do think that brothers i do think the characters and story in brothers is better um but i have a lot of praise for this game as well there's seven playable characters I suppose I should also say gameplay before that, because then you can understand what everybody else does. But So you're just basically, well, for PC anyway, uh, you're using the left and right directional keys to move, like, to move uh, space bar to jump, and then you have one button. It can, I think it gave, like, a choice of three buttons that you could use to switch between characters. You start a level, if there's more than one character in the level, you have to make sure that you utilize, like, all of their strengths to get through the level. So like Seiji was saying, like, uh, sometimes you'll have to get characters to jump on top of other characters to get to different places, because they can't jump as high as others, or... And then you beat the level when you get everyone to their respective portals. And the portals are usually, like, in the shape of that specific character. Um, so first of all, we have Thomas, who's a red rectangle. Uh, he has like no super special abilities. Uh, he's the first character you get. He's uh, yeah, his jumps and speeds are totally normal. Uh, and then you get Chris. <laughs> Chris is the second one you get. He's um, he also has no super special abilities, but he's shorter, um, so he can go through smaller pathways. Uh, and then you have Chris, who's the skinny re uh, yellow rectangle. Um, he's taller, and he I use him like use him a lot. I think at the beginning as like boosts for for Thomas and, and Chris. Uh, just so they can jump on top of him and get to where they need to go. Uh, but he can jump the second highest out of all the characters. 
he likes to show off too. <laughs> I should also note that like Thomas is kind of like the typical like hero. He's just kind of like that person with like uh, an evened out personality that brings everybody together. He's Mario. And then you've got yeah. He's like me, <laughs> and then right? You have Chris. Uh, Even tempered. And- <laughs> uh, bring. <laughs> Uh, and then you've got, uh, well, Chris is, uh, like, kind of bitter because. Yeah, but he feels inadequate to Thomas. So he he's kind of got a reason he's for not being as a good jerk. as Thomas. Claire, the, uh, she's uh, the big blue square. Uh, she can't jump or move very fast, but she can float because you get uh, uh, some levels later on where there's uh, water that if the other characters jump into it, they die. I just, this just uh, occurred to me. Why is there water? Why is Wawa in this world? I don't know if it's like actually like water or if it's just kind of weird. It's weird. I mean, it's presented to us as yeah. water, but it's, it's existence anyway. is odd. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah, but yeah, she can ferry people across the across the water, mm-hmm. and she started hating Chris, <gasps> but now she likes him, and she wants to be a superhero, yeah. <laughs> and she's super weak against spikes. But I'm pretty sure everybody's weak against spikes. And then Laura, who's a pink rectangle, but she's uh, I don't know how you say it. Like she's laid out horizontally, I guess. Yeah, she can't jump really well and she's not super fast but you, people can use her as a, tra- a trampoline so you can like bounce her or bounce people off of her from like place to place and stuff uh, and then the pixel cloud follows her the evil thing that eats the other AIs uh, so when they all first meet Laura they're kind of skeptical and they're like what the hell is that thing uh, and she also has like I guess kind of the she, she's bitter about the other she was friends with other AIs but they kept abandoning her I'm putting that in quotation marks because and using her and using her <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is actually a really good thing because she, you literally walk all over her. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, exactly. that's good good character stuff there. Yeah. Uh, and then James, who's the, the green rectangle, is the same size as Thomas. He's pretty much like Thomas except his, <laughs> uh, his gravity is inverted. So he walks on like ceilings and stuff. Uh, and I liked his uh, functionality too because if he people jumped on top of him, they became kind of... In the air. I say people, they came, became suspended in the yeah. air, so you could kind of use them as a, as a platform. I want to note that I, I cheated with him once. Oh, no. Uh, I was having a really hard time, like a second stage, and I saw mm-hmm. I flipped my Vita upside down and just played it until I got up to the part. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it wound up working, though, that way. I thought about it as swimming, and it worked. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you played, uh, I don't know if you guys have played Ib and Ob before, but one of them kind of has the fun. It's almost like you're playing a a, a game with only James and Thomas in a different oh, way. I see but anyway, mean. yeah. And then you've got uh, the last one that you get is Sarah, um, who's a smallish purple rectangle, and she uh, has a double jump. She's awesome. And yeah, she can also get into small spaces, like Chris. But yeah, and I mean, those are like the seven main ones. You meet other characters later yeah. on, but those are like the AIs that these seven are trying to help. So yeah, I don't know if you guys have like a favorite yeah, I like, favorite shape. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like Johnny initially and then Claire. I like the, the mobility. And on the stages where you play just as Johnny uh, were some of my favorites because mm-hmm. it felt like a pure platformer, uh, which I like mm-hmm. more than puzzle games. Despite this being a puzzle platformer, I kind of prefer platformers more. And so any of those stages where I get to play as just those two were some of my favorites. Oh, and there was one stage I also noted that was one of my favorites. It was called, uh, it was 4.4, you're Chris, but you're just falling the entire time. So you have to mm-hmm. like avoid spikes as you're going down. And it's just, just that's all the stage was. Nailed it in one go, but it was a lot of fun. I felt more mo- the most identified with, with Thomas, of course. <laughs> his, his initial approach to things. It's a nice uh, guy. I, I, I liked it. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the relationship between uh, Laura and Chris. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was really funny. The relationship between Laura and Chris to me is the best one, not only because mm-hmm. they have a 
this romantic thing going on. Mm-hmm. But they're the perfect uh, gameplay complement to each other. They're they're both like both like short. They can jump only so much. But Chris is sort of a hero to Laura because he can jump a little bit higher and he can <laughs> he can carry her around. But um, mm-hmm. she makes him also do the things that he cannot do normally, which is jump really really high, right? So how how mm-hmm. how cool is that? How I don't know. It, when I was playing this game, I was like. Uh, I was feeling so happy every time. <laughs> uh, the, the new layer uncovers another layer uncovers another layer uncovers through the story through the mechanics. I was feeling so so happy. Yeah, I like. Um, sometimes you get quotes like from the characters. Like uh, I think Chris, uh, after Thomas gets eaten by the pixel cloud, and he's like, uh, he, he he you sa- it says that he starts to miss Thomas, uh, but right? he wouldn't go looking for him like out of his way to look for him, but. He did think about it, so that shows like a growth in character or something. Correct, yeah. Which is funny. And then uh, when they all kind of figure out what they have to do, they know they're trapped and stuff, but they go to help like all the other AIs. Um, how he was kind of hesitant about doing it at first, but then Laura smiled at him, but she's a fucking rectangle, so she can't smile <laughs> at him at all. So, anyway, just I like that the narration does that. It has to. The, um, otherwise, you're not gonna get yeah. you're not gonna get any of that nuance from just shapes. Uh, one other thing, without <laughs> making, I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, I'm gonna try and avoid that from our reviews now. Not anything major, but at at a certain point in the game where we've already said that they're trying to help the other AIs, how they help the other yeah. AIs in terms of gameplay is is quite brilliant. And so what what happened yeah. is there's these color patches that match the colors of those characters. Shifters. What's that? Uh, shifters, sorry. Shifters, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they match the color of the of the uh, the various seven characters that we mentioned, and then that gives these kind of neutral gray AI those abilities, and you want it mixing and matching those those abilities as you're playing the later stages, and it's it's really quite clever the way it's done. Did you guys play the Benjamin's Flight I DLC? I played okay. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, actually I think takes before, place right? before. Yeah. yeah. It's a prequel. Yeah. But Sarah is there. Yeah. Yeah. I read a little bit about it. It's pretty cool. That mechanic uh, about the flight is, is is pretty interesting. It makes for for really good levels. But I want mm-hmm. to talk about that that progression because we're talking about very distinct characters up to up to the point where they where redacted they, uh, happens. Yeah, they evolve, and up to that point of the game, you're accustomed to having very distinct personalities, very distinct abilities. You've grown fond of all these characters. And then something strange happens because if you, you guys were thinking about character development and that character development sometimes in terms of just pure storytelling, it tells you a journey, right? It tells you a journey from, from one point to another. In the middle, there's stuff, stuff that happens that makes that change happen and justifies. Because if you just see a snapshot of, of a character and then you just go to the end, right? And you, you're mm-hmm. going to see a change. And that change you know, wouldn't be logical if you don't see the whole journey, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't see the reasons why that character got to change. It's not the thing that you initially uh, kind of like were growing fond of. So mm-hmm. that growth in character also happens mechanically, right? Just to think about, you know, let's do some meta thinking here, right? So <laughs> you're getting used to the game itself, how it plays, the things that are happening and how you think about the game and you get better at the game, you get more skilled and you're enjoying the game because you're learning more stuff. But after that point, then... All of your characters are gray, right? So mm-hmm. they don't have distinct abilities anymore. But you've learned all these things about abilities and colors and that relationship between a color and an ability. And then you have the shifters and then all, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it clicks, right? Oh, yeah. 
you can you can paint these great characters with a color ability, if you want to call mm-hmm. that. And it's completely brilliant because you, as a player, go through that same transformation, right? It's like your gameplay is evolving as your characters also evolved. And it's, I don't know, it's, maybe I'm seeing maybe too much in, uh, in, into the game. But to me, it was like, wow, what what is, this game is kicking my butt. You know, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> It was it was yeah. so cool, and it really created for really interesting new ways of of experiencing this game. You're falling up and then you're falling down, and then you 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 get the double jumping ability in mid air, and you have to like double jump. I mean, those things are very very complicated to explain to players. That kind of aesthetic is extremely complicated, and this game doesn't explain it to you. It's just puts it there because you already know and it's so surprising but at the same time so natural that is what gaming does so well as game developers we have to really capitalize on those things making the player feel like they've overcome a challenge by figuring out how things work because that is the the power of interaction right there so i don't know i just wanted wanted to mention how the the narrative elements the the mechanical elements the the general experience is it's so immersive at that point that you're just there you just know how it works and you just do it and it's beautiful should we go on to damage i think so. uh three we each get responsible for one heart's worth of damage for the game it's uh a recommendation system, not so much a rating system. Uh, basically, we can damage up to a full heart piece of damage. So, in uh, quarters, uh, if you don't damage at all, 100% recommended. Everybody should play it. It's a great game. Uh, three quarters is you would recommend it to most people. You think it's a good game despite some flaws. Most people would probably enjoy it. Half damage, you think the game's okay, uh, but you know you don't think it's for everyone, and perhaps there's some things about it that you don't like. Three quarters damage means that you don't think it's very good at all. You probably wouldn't recommend it except for the most niche of players. And zero. Is is that you hate it and you wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Uh, full damage, sorry, I always say zero. Full damage, you you hate it. And so, there we go. Uh, it's Shovel's game, so you should go last. You can go All right, I'll go first. Um, yeah, so, I like a lot about this game. It's unfortunate that I played it in a time where I'm playing a lot of other games that I really love, so I didn't give it the investment that I think it deserves. Uh, I mean, I, I played through and beat it, so there's that, but... I, I missed a little a little bit of the story stuff here and there, and, and, and I think that I was a little distracted while playing it, so uh, that's unfortunate. But I think the gameplay mechanics are super tight. Uh, they're creative. I think what you do with them is a lot of fun. Most stages, even stages that are a little tougher or feel maybe a little a bit of annoying, uh, they're so quick that it doesn't matter. So even if you have a few stages that you kind of hate, it's just a brief moment in an otherwise brilliant brilliant game uh i love the narrator the voice acting is great i i do like i don't think they're the greatest characters that have ever existed uh in games but i do like them and i i like that what's i like what's being done with how how little is actually there so of course that's all great and the music is is incredible and the story despite being i don't know simple it's still very complex in terms of what actually happens and and i know i'm not satisfied with the ending it does leave a lot open but but it's it's I think it's more optimistic in the end, despite the fact that there's some highs and lows to the story. So, no complaints to the story. I have no complaints to the gameplay, um, and the art style. Although I, I like I was saying earlier, I like a kind of a visually immersive style and all that stuff. It works for what you're doing. These are AIs in a computer world. I don't know why there's water, but other than that, 
uh, I think that it works for what it is. And I think since the writing is so good, it makes up for the lack of uh, visuals. Uh, so obviously I can't damage this game. Everybody should play it. It's cheap. It's like it's like five bucks. You can get it on pretty much any platform. I recommend playing it with uh, a controller. I don't know. I don't know how you play with keyboards and touch screens. I'm sure I'll hear from you two what how that's like. But uh, this a platforming game to me is traditionally best on a controller, and I think that might be why I beat it a little bit faster in Seiji. It just I didn't have any issues with control. I found some of the stages quite easy. But yeah, no damage. This game's great. Uh, everybody should, should play it for sure. Yeah, you mentioned uh, I played it on mobile. The, the controls were, were really, really good. They felt good. But of course, being mobile, the, those on-screen controllers is not ideal. But if you're on the go, if you're going to play it the way I did, which is lunch breaks at work or here and there while I was like commuting and stuff like that, it's a perfect game to do that because you don't need to spend a lot of time. You you can complete a level, you know, in depending on, on the difficulty level, you know, one to five minutes, maybe more, more difficult levels, but they're uh, peppered really appropriately it's not like they get progressively harder and you have to spend more and more time in each level it, it's not like that the the progression is properly developed i think um um seiji yes. do you have to be connected to the you don't have to be connected to the internet to play it right no 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 cool offline so yeah that's perfect so in that sense the the form factor to me uh, it wasn't an obstacle as much as it was an opportunity for me to actually play the game because otherwise i wouldn't have the time that being said this game doesn't do as well as it does because of, of its limitations, meaning minimal art, meaning minimal story, meaning how reduced its scope is. All of those things are limitations, and those are not the reasons why this game is so good. It does so well despite of this. Other games without the scale, without the artwork, without very rich story. If you strip that out of those games, they're nothing because the gameplay is so shallow, right? So you, you invert that and you have this richness in gameplay, this brilliantly designed progression in characters and mechanics and all, and how well crafted it is because it's, it's executed flawlessly, I think. Oh, Sage, you want real, I really have to, to jump in there because of some, a couple of things that you said. I think that uh, in gaming, all those things that you mentioned are all important. If they all come together in the perfect package like visuals a gameplay and stuff it's amazing and and uh that would be the best game ever uh for thomas was alone or if you took away the character story and narration and just had the gameplay the game would still be a solid experience but i i don't know if, if i would be nearly as attached to it if there wasn't at least a bare minimum of of story to it and i'm wondering if you if you agree with with that or if you think it was just gameplay you get dropped in a level you're these shapes and you just play through because the gameplay is so fucking tight but do you think that if you didn't have at least that charm to go with it, would it be as memorable? It, it will be a different game. It will be a good game. But I, I, I think it does add some, some of the flavor that is missing in the artwork. Um, I think it enhances the experience, so it makes it better. Now, this is a, this is a small game, so you, have, you, you cannot compare this game to Breath of the Wild. Absolutely not. Right? I agree. Because Breath of the Wild de delivers in every area, right? Pretty much, yeah. Because they have, they have the budget, they have team, they have the time... So the best games are, are going to deliver in all the areas, but you, you have to think about the development team. You have to think about this, the, the, the ambition of the project. So this game is, is, is very ambitious, but it's also very small, very limited. What I was trying to say is that, that doing as well as this game does with its scale, with its limitation, in spite of all the limitation, is no small feat. So... I mean, just being being able to do that, 
to me it's it's huge it's huge it's huge it's, it, it even has more merit than some of the games that that were developed for for years by by teams of hundreds of people so um, full damage <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that if you want to rate it and stuff like that you you, you can do it but this uh, of course this is a recommendation system i cannot give it any damage so no damage but you know, you have to keep in mind all these things because we we talk about a lot of games here. <laughs> yeah, we you do. Know, we, were talk- <laughs> we, we we spent like half an hour talking about you know Zelda and, and Horizon, which are huge games in scope, and this is a, a really small indie game. But in the end, I mean, are you having a good time? Are you experiencing something different? Are you feeling good about playing this game? I mean, all those things are are super important. You can get them regardless of of, of its size and scale. This game is huge. This game is 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 a giant. <laughs> in that sense so yeah, well it's yeah, that's my opinion. it's notice notable notable that we can talk just as much about those two games you mentioned breath of the wild horizon and thomas just just as much and equally as an in-depth of those two, of all three of those games and they all fit very well in the same episode and i think that speaks uh a lot for how good this game is that could stand with those other two games and you get just as interesting conversation uh yeah so this game is super charming and i'm really like happy that I had the opportunity to play it like a while ago uh, when it had first come out. Um, so I know my friend obviously never listens, but someday maybe <laughs> if he happens upon this podcast, thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, Thomas was alone. The soundtrack is still something that I, I shuffle through when I'm at work because uh, I have like a specific few that I usually do listen to. And this one's just very chill. And, you know, if it, if you're doing work that you have to really like buckle down and get done like it's just really soothing to listen to so music's great uh and i mean i know you could almost say like the the art style is non-existent because it's just squares and shit but uh i like that it was very minimalistic and they kind of took like the the developer took the themes that he wanted like uh friendship and and unity and and stuff and I mean, kind of took it down to, like, its base forms and stuff and made shapes work together versus, like, you know, people with complex relationships work together. I just like how simple it is. Um, not to say that these characters aren't, like, complex. They're, I guess they're not really, but there can be parts where they are, I guess. Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, I recommend this to everybody, obviously. It's it's super short and super adorable, uh, so no damage for me. Bam, here we go. And yet another uh, a few no damage games from the uh, BB crew. Perfectly recommended. So if you're listening to this and you like us, uh, you definitely have to play this game. Uh, or otherwise you're spitting in all of our faces, not just Shelby's. <laughs> and that's just sad. All right, well, I guess that's it. I mean, a little bit longer episode, but I think it's worth it. And I assume you guys have nothing else to say nope. about this stuff. Sadie, you good? Thanks for listening. All right. Well, cartsclub.org, uh, bonus barrel Twitter, uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Uh, if you have any, if you play it or have any questions about it or whatever, tweet one of us, and we'll get back to you in a timely manner. Thank you for listening. This is Rob, Shelby, and Seiji. Bye.